listening to the True Idaho News Podcast. Unfiltered news and opinion for the citizens of Idaho. Hello and welcome to the True Idaho News Podcast. This is Daniel Bobinski, editor of True Idaho News. I thank you so much for tuning in. And if my voice sounds a little bit lower than normal, it's because I had a little what we call a C infection recently over it now. Thank God for ivermectin. It does work. Don't believe the lies. That stuff is magical. And um, so is the H drug, the hydroxychloroquine drug. And if you want to find out what Dr. Zelenko says and all the other doctors say, I've put together a sheet that tells people all the early protocols to take because right now the CDC says, hey, if you come down with this C disease, just go home. And if you can't breathe, then go to the hospital. Sorry, never in the history of medicine has that been a protocol. Early treatment, early treatment, early treatment is always the key. Every doctor that I know and trust always underlines and emphasizes early treatment. So if you want to know what that early treatment might be, I have compiled all the various perspectives on early treatments. I guess not all of them, but a lot of them. And you can get it for free. Just send me an email at trueidahonews@protonmail.com. I will send you free of charge the PDF that has links to the interviews, that has links to all the protocols. And if you come down with the C thing, it doesn't have to take you out. I ended up with a fever for about 12 hours. That was all I had. And um, magical stuff if you follow what the protocols are. Anyways, that's not why we're here. I am joined today by my standard co-host, Josh Gibbons. Hi, Josh. How are you? You know, I'm doing better than I deserve. Now, everybody is if they're on this side of the sod, I'll tell you that. That's right. But uh, (laughs) we have a lot of Idaho news in front of us. Uh, Before I get too far into it, I do want to give a shout out to our Triple Diamond sponsor, Tom Lopak. He owns Picture Perfect Window Cleaning. And if you want to get 10% off your cleaning bill for your windows, give Tom Lopak a call. The phone number, 208 401 6265. Believe it or not, he is rated as the second fastest window cleaner in the country. He won a contest at a nationwide conference. He was the second fastest window cleaner in all of all the window cleaners attending. Uh, so contact Picture Perfect Window Cleaning at 208 401 6265. Tell Tom that you heard about him on the True Idaho News podcast. And he's going to give you 10% off just because you said that. Josh, we did miss last week. Um, I had a lot on my plate. And then this little, you know, sea thing hit me kind of thing. And lots of different activities going on in the Valley. But uh, we didn't put out a podcast last week. For that, I'm kind of embarrassed. But here we are with a new one. So we'll go with it. Yeah, I think we'll be able to make up for it this week. There's a lot of good stuff to cover. Yeah. And one of that is more videos, because on the last podcast you and I talked, uh, we had some videos that this uh, conservative accountability project has been putting out. They've got this name, conservative accountability project, but they are not conservatives and they are smearing real conservatives. They're trying to make us look bad. Um, Do you have a copy of that that we can play? I do. Let me pull that up here real quick. 
Last year, Idaho's legislative session was the longest in history, costing taxpayers hundreds of thousands of dollars. It gets worse. They even raised their own budgets by almost 30%, while some extremists voted against funding our state police. More money for politicians, less money for police? That's not conservative. Call representatives Nate, Hanks, and Christensen and tell them we should be funding our police, not bigger budgets for politicians. So that's kind of an interesting smear full of falsehoods. What's your take on that? Well, you nailed it. It's it's completely false. What they're trying to paint is not a picture that's reality. It's it's more of anything, a child's imagination wandering off far from what reality is. What they're referencing has nothing to do with giving themselves a bigger budget. What it has to do with is recognizing, hey, we have the staff and we did have this extra extraordinary session. We've had this longer session now. Maybe we should compensate them a little bit better. Mm-hmm. So they weren't paying themselves more money. They were paying the staffers more money who weren't necessarily going to get a, a compensation for that. And then defunding the police. What's up with that? This is a bill that almost the entire House voted on. Mm-hmm. And yet they're saying that these conservatives tried to defund the police. It's gaslighting. It's lying. And what's amazing is somebody, we don't know who, um, redid the ad. And um, why don't you tell us a little bit about this? Well, uh, (laughs) if you've ever been up late at night in the late 90s, You've surely heard a voice like this. Look, this what's funny about what's going to play here shortly is, is that their video came out. Within less than 24 hours, a new video came out. They used the same video, but somebody decided to have a little bit of fun with it. So I will have you just play that and the audience can judge for themselves if they think it's funny. All right, let's play it now. Last year, Idaho's legislative session was the longest in history, costing taxpayers hundreds of thousands of dollars. It gets worse. They went after our legislators' First Amendment rights and the Ethics Committee. That's not conservative. Call Representative Bedke, Cheney, Dixon, and tell them, stop drawing bills and let the people's bills get a vote out on the floor. (laughs) Well, what's sad is that people listening to this podcast cannot see this video. We're going to put a link to it in the show notes, so you definitely want to watch this video. But it ends with a picture of Bedke at the grocery store, which we're trying to pass grocery tax repeal, and he won't do it. You got a picture of Cheney, who's been arrested uh, for spouse beating uh, and holding people hostage and threatening to kill himself and all this kind of stuff in front of his own kids. Um, and here is the picture of Cheney. And there's a woman in the corner trying to protect her face. And there's a picture of Sage Dixon in front of a Confederate flag. And it's not a photoshopped photo. What's funny about this is he was criticizing people for flying Confederate flags when he himself was on a float in a parade that had a Confederate flag on that float. And he himself is right there, and there's the picture. So they're basically saying hypocrites, hypocrites, hypocrites. There's, they're, they're holding legislation. They're not bringing stuff to the floor. 
And uh, I, people would definitely need to see this. And I would say, share it as much as you can on whatever media platform you can. Yeah, absolutely. It's look, it's hilarious that they put that together in sh- such a short period of time. And, you know, as funny as it is, there's just a lot of truth packed into it. So it's it's a double edged sword where it's just great. So, yeah, yeah, well, definitely check that out. Uh, something else that's happening in the state, the Idaho School Board Association announced that they are finally going to withdraw from the National School Board Association. Amen. We have conservative legislators in the state that have been asking for this since at least October of last year, and they finally did it. I think political pressure. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I think that it's an election year, and I think that that had a big part to do with it. You know, it's it's surprising to me that this conversation is just now happening. If this was truly something that they felt was the right thing to do, why didn't it happen on an off election year? That's my yeah. question. Yeah, well, so that they had a press release. This is reported in uh, KMVT Channel 11 out of the Magic Valley, I guess. And they said that the... Um, the ISBA, the Idaho State Board Association, said his decision came after it concluded that the National State Board uh, Association currently lacks the vision necessary to bring about fundamental and critical change and to regain its important role as an advocate for excellence in public education. It's interesting that they left themselves an out, though, um, because one has to wonder, did they do this, as you say, for election purposes to try to help get Brad Little reelected because I think Brad Little realizes that he's losing some people to the front runner and I believe Janice McGeehan is his front runner uh, and he's starting to lose some votes I think he and four out of the five people on the Idaho State Board are appointed by Brad Little so they're basically doing what he wants them to do and their statement says while we continue to believe that there's a value in the National Association of School Boards, our primary obligation is to advocate for Idaho students to have quality public schools, no matter what their zip code. Okay, no argument there. We are unable to advocate for Idaho students if we are continuously held accountable for the actions of the NSBA. So in other words, people are blaming the Idaho board for stuff that the national board is doing because the Idaho board is a member of the national board. And then they have a caveat. I think they're keeping something in their back pocket. It says, as such, we feel the NSBA is unable to meet the needs requested by the Idaho state board, executive board at this time. Key phrase there, Josh, at this time and has a long way to go to restore a culture of transparency, unquote. So what are the odds that they might restore a culture of transparency after the primary if Brad happens to win the primary? Yeah, you know, it's uh, it's really just to be determined, but it is very alarming that they did leave themselves that out. Yeah, I, they, they gave themselves an out that we able to rejoin once a culture of transparency is restored. Quite frankly, there is no reason for the Idaho uh, state board to be listening to national mandates. That is what's called cooperative federalism, and it blurs the lines of responsibility. We need to be a sovereign state with people on our board who represent Idahoans, not having to step up and represent what the national government wants. 
Yeah, absolutely. Josh, what do you think is going on in Canada? Something like we've never seen before from Canadians. It's, you know, it's funny. Canadians are known as peaceful, happy, pleasant people. If you were to list out 50 countries and say, which one do you think would revolt or fight against the government first? Canada would almost always fall at the bottom of the list. But people have been locked down and they're tired of it. And they're trying to force people into getting vaccinations that they've seen that the efficiency of them just isn't there. So people are saying enough is enough there. And unfortunately, you have a government there where half of them want to force Canadian citizens into doing something and injecting something into their body that they don't feel comfortable with. Yeah. I recently saw a video of Justin Trudeau, the prime minister of Canada, saying that he admires and is kind of jealous of the president of China because he's a dictator and he doesn't have to deal with parliamentary issues. He can just say, this is what needs to happen, and he makes it happen. And so here's Justin Trudeau, who's heading up what's supposed to be a parliamentary government, um, just saying, I'd rather be a dictator. That's sad. That's really sad. That's scary. And, and there really is so much to talk about with this, Josh. We could probably spend an entire show just talking about Canada. But you've got truckers who were supposed to get money from GoFundMe. GoFundMe did their little shenanigans. There was like, what, $11 million raised or $10 million, I guess $10 million raised. Mm-hmm. And $1 million had been dispersed. And then they decided, nope, we're going to keep the other $9 million. We're going to give it to other charities. Because then they get the money. They get to keep the percentage they take off the top for the money transfer. And thankfully, people were pushing back going, no, uh, somebody wisely said, look, if you if you contact your bank and say uh, false terms of agreement, they said they were going to give it to the truckers and they're not. Then the uh, company GoFundMe was going to have to pay between 15 and 30 dollars per issue just to get that resolved. So they saw that happening a lot. And they just said, you know what, we're just going to automatically refund all the rest of this money. You don't even have to ask for it. We're just going to give it back. Well, then another group came up. It's a Christian group called Give, Send, Go. And I guess they raised almost an equal amount of money on Give, Send, Go. And what did Canada do? They froze that money. This is not their job to do. They're calling these truckers terrorists. They're not terrorists. You know what? Burning down a city like Antifa in Portland or Seattle or Detroit, that is terrorism. Shooting cops in the street is terrorism. What the truckers were doing is not terrorism. They're making a statement, and, and, and I can't believe what's going on. You got a pastor there. He's been arrested multiple times. A friend of mine actually knows him, and I guess now he's in solitary confinement uh, because he went down to hold a church service for the truckers, and they arrested him, and they subjected him to multiple strip searches, and he has a guard watching him 24-7. He has no privacy. In a very small cell. I guess they put him in a small cage the size of a, of a large dog crate. He was there for hours, multiple times. They're just torturing him. Have you seen any of the videos of these, these Royal uh, Mounted Police that are beating people up with rifle butts? Yeah, I have seen it. It's really disturbing, Daniel, when I look at this. You know, another thing that's also disturbing is, as I saw the Prime Minister of Canada imply that the Conservatives that represent the Canadians are all racist. You know, and the funny thing about it is, is this is the guy who's put on blackface more times than he can count on his hands and toes. He couldn't even tell you how many times he's done it, but he wants to imply that others 
who went out and said, you know what? These are the people. These are our constituents. We're going to go talk to them and let them know that we're here for them. We're going to imply that they're racist. It's completely absurd what's happening there. And it, it makes me think for now, at least, thank God I live in the United States. Except that uh, we now have convoy started in the United States. I do know that Wendy Strzok Mahoney, my colleague over at Uncover DC, whom I still write for, she is going to be embedded in one of the convoys. She's paying her own way. She's riding with it in one of the trucks and she's going to be reporting along the way as to what's happening and why. And so I have to say, if, if somebody hears this and they want to get her live report, uh, she is a rotating uh, guest on my uh, Keep the Republic TV show, which is live on Thursday afternoons at 2 p.m. Mountain on Brighteon.tv. And next Thursday, March 5th, she's going to be a guest uh, reporting live from inside a truck. We got this all worked out, telling our viewers what's going on in the convoy. So if you want a firsthand account, you'll be able to hear it from Wendy. She's been riding with them. Uh, by the way, that same day, I've got Clay Clark on as a guest, uh, the guy who's been coordinating all these Reawaken America tours. So you might want to stay and watch that beside the point. But Wendy did tell me that the truck convoy in the United States is going to be different from the one in Canada. She said they've laid down some very explicit rules. I guess some of the truckers in Canada were blocking entrances and people couldn't get through. And I guess that is a rule. They're not going to be doing that. Allegedly, I'm not, I don't know for sure. This is what's been being reported to Wendy and she's reporting it to me. So hopefully they're not going to experience the same kind of problems in the U.S. that they experienced in Canada because I think the convoys are going to operate a little bit differently. It'll be interesting to see how our government responds to a convoy comparatively to how Canada responded to theirs. Yeah. Trudeau was a chicken, total chicken. Coward. Just, yeah, total coward. Well, and funny enough, you know, this is the guy who's gotten every booster available and his excuse when they got there was I have COVID further proving the inefficiency of that shot. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of uh, inefficiency, <laughs> there's a mask bill that just <laughs> went through Idaho. Um, I would, you have a copy of that bill, don't you? Yes, I do. Do you mind reading it? Yeah, let me get back to it here. Give me two seconds. While you're doing that, let me go ahead and give a shout out to one of our other Triple Diamond sponsors. And by the way, if you want to support the podcast, you can go to trueidahonews.com slash support and help support what we do here. Uh, we don't get paid for this other than the people who give help, give to help our cause. So we thank you in advance for doing that. And you can support the people who have been doing that, including Brian Hay with bhconsulting.us. He does computer repair. So if you have a need for some software updates or a virus removal or some kind of system cleaner or a computer setup, whether it's one computer, multiple computers, personal home, business, VPN, doesn't matter. Brian is the guy who can make it happen for you. Give him a call at 208-329-8020. And again, let him know you heard about it on True Idaho News. Once again, that's 208-329-8020. Brian does work for us here at True Idaho News, by the way, also. And he can do things remotely. So if you're in some remote part of the state, you need some help, no computer guy close by, give Brian a call. He can just hook up via phone, get connected in with some codes and fix your computer remotely. It's so cool. 208-329-8020.
Did you find that bill? I did. Let's hear it. House bill number 631. So here's what it says. Neither the state nor political subdivision may mandate that an individual in this state must use a face mask, face shield, or other face covering for the perfect for the purpose of preventing or slowing the spread of contagious or infectious disease. Part B, an official may not mandate that an individual in this state must use a face mask, face shield, or other face covering for the purpose of preventing or slowing the spread of a contagious or infectious disease. Part C, a face mask, face shield, or face covering shall not be required by the state, a political subdivision, or an official as a condition for entry education, employment, or other services. And if the state, a political subdivision, or official recommends using a face mask, face shield, or face covering to prevent or slow the spread of a contagious or infectious disease, such recommendation shall be accompanied by a notice that the recommendation is not mandatory. So it goes on, but that's pretty much the substance of it. So it's essentially saying we're not going to require that you, you wear a mask. The government's not going to say you have to do that anymore. And no political subdivision can do it, such as a school that's district right. or a city. Exactly. And if they do say that you have to wear a mask, it has to be accompanied by a statement that says this request is not mandatory. Yep, that's exactly correct. Yeah. So I guess we had some people who voted against this, including my, um, I, I, I have to say this with sarcasm, one of my favorite legislators, Scott Syme, um, who, by the way, I don't consider to be a Republican. The guy puts an R after his name, but if you look at his voting record, he does not vote in alignment with the Republican Party platform values. And so I'm kind of tired, just before we get into this bill, I'm just going to do a little sidetrack here. I'm kind of tired of people calling them rhinos because it's kind of lost power. The new name for people like Scott Syme is imposter Republicans because they just put an R after their name. They call themselves a Republican because it's hard to get elected in like Canyon County unless you are a Republican. So Scott puts an R after his name, runs as a Republican, gets elected, and votes like a Democrat. So you've got Scott Syme, who is an imposter, who is uh, rebutting this particular bill. I understand you got that on tape. You mind playing that for us? I'd be more than happy to. Thank you, Mr. Speaker. Well, despite what I'm about to say, I don't support this bill. But I love this bill. I mean, why in the world would anyone, any political subdivision, want to slow the spread of any contagious or infectious disease? <laughs> Who would want to do that? I mean, that's ridiculous, isn't it? Um, and then uh, I guess the other thing is, uh, I love it because this says we're clairvoyant. We know what's going to happen in the future. We know there will never be another disease that we might need to have somebody say you need to wear a mask for. You know, I, that's why I love the bill, but unfortunately, I'll be voting against it. That was a, a nice inspirational speech by Representative Sign. Apparently, <laughs> <laughs> he happens to be my representative at this moment. Thank goodness, no matter what, he will not be my representative going forward. But 
what he's failed to realize is, is that a study has shown mask mandates didn't help slow the spread of COVID-19. That was actually done by an assistant professor of biology at the University of Louisville. Mm-hmm. And there has been zero studies showing that masks slow the spread of of COVID-19. The, um, in fact, the opposite actually might be true. The interesting thing is back in July of 2020, I wrote an article for Uncover DC, which I may just link to in the show notes, which in that story links to nearly a dozen research studies, randomized control studies with verified outcomes. That is the gold of gold standards. So you're not just a randomized controlled study, where you have a control group where they, they don't get any mask or whatever. And then you have the, the test group, they're wearing the mask. That's one thing. But then the verified outcome, it wasn't just asking people, hey, did you get the sniffles? Did you get, get a cold? Did you get a virus? They actually did a biological test on the people to find out if there was, in fact, viral transfer. And in every study that was done like that, there was no statistical difference in wearing masks or not wearing masks. I will link to that article in the show notes. And for Scott Syme to stand up there and say that he thinks that that masks are going to slow the spread, he is being disingenuous. He's also telling us he's uninformed. So, uh, by the way, Scott Syme has embarrassed himself on the House floor multiple times this session already. I've seen several videos of him, and it's kind of comical. But he is an imposter, so... Yeah, that's right. You'd think he'd just learn from it and sit down and uh, let the adults do the talking and just vote his statist way. But it seems to be something that's hard for him to do. (laughs) Well, what's also interesting to me on this bill is that uh, it passed by 46-24. All the Democrats voted against this bill. This bill basically says the state cannot mandate masks, right? Mm -hmm. And... Every single Democrat wanted to give the state the authority to mandate a mask. That is a statist position, saying the state has authority over the entire state to tell you that what you can and can't wear. And a mask is a medical device. And they're saying, you know, you have to be able to wear this medical device. That should not be something the state can mandate. And we also had 12 Republicans who supported this. Now, Bundy, Cheney, Gibbs, Hartgen, Kaufman, Lickley, Manwaring, McCain, Syme, Troy, Fred Wood, Health and Welfare Chair, and Weber. Amazing to me that we have these these people who are voting with Democrats saying, we want the states to be able to tell us what to do. And they claim to be Republicans. But the Republican platform says that the individual has the right to decide what he or she does. This is the state Republican Party platform. And these guys are voting in opposition to the Idaho State Republican Party platform. That's why I say they're imposters, totally imposters. They want the state to be able to tell us what to do. Interesting, by the way, also that Bedkey voted for it. Uh, Why do you think that was? Well, simple answer is, is he's running for lieutenant governor. He has to show, hey, I'm a conservative. You know, I, I also have to say what's funny about it, too, is with them voting with the Democrats on this one, these people in the same breath will tell you that Ron Nate, Carrie Hanks, Heather Scott, Priscilla Giddings, all these good conservatives who are pushing for the grocery tax repeal, 
are voting with Democrats and they will try and use it in a way of saying, see, you know, they just don't align with the conservative agenda, forgetting what the Republican platform says, which is lower taxes. Mm-hmm. And here we have 12 Republicans voting with the Democrats who, as you said, they're claiming that the conservatives are voting with Democrats. They are hypocrites, not just imposters, but they're <laughs> hypocrites to boot. That's right. So you mentioned that Bedkey is running for lieutenant governor, and so is Priscilla Giddings. And my understanding is those are the only two folks in the race. Uh, they've been raising some money. Um, you're into these campaign donations things a whole lot more than I am. And we were, we were talking about the numbers before we came on the air. They're only like 7.6% apart. But what's amazing to me, and I'm going to let you share some of the, some of the info here, because um, you have it at your fingertips, is, is that uh, the people who are given to Bedkey, there's, there's about half as many people giving to Bedkey as Giddings, even though Bedkey has 7.6% more money. So you think, well, that people feel good about Bedkey. Except, is it people? <laughs> Tell us a little bit about the standard profile donor. Yeah, you actually hit the nail right on the head. Scott Becky's had 566 donors, whereas Priscilla getting, she has over 1,100 individual donors. Now, the cool thing about this is, is when you're looking at it, these are everyday Idahoans. I mean, you can click on a name. You can see that these people are right here in Idaho. They're giving money to her. You're not seeing one thing that's that is apparent and showing on Scott Bedke's. And that's political action committees. Not only political action committees, but candidates for other offices and their spouses. I mean, Raybull donating and spouse, you've got Blanksma and spouse donating. You've got Abby Lee. I mean, you have already a bunch of people that do align with what I would say are his ilk, which is people who are not conservative. They're imposters. What's that? They're imposters. They're absolutely imposters. Then you get down a little bit further and you start seeing, oh, you've got the Vandersloots who are maxing out. You've got AT&T. You've got lobbying and consulting firms. You've got automobile dealerships. You've got packs for days. Lobby Idaho. I mean, the list just goes on and on. So the big difference we are seeing is, is you have people who are passing around money to each other, donating to Scott Becky. These are people, again, that he has donated to as well. And they're moving this money around and it's going from person to person. Then there's all these PACs and special interest groups like Select Health. Hardly any Um, individual Idahoans. No, you have to, I mean, you have to really dig through to find people. And like I said, you see one and you're like, okay, great. Here's, here's Jeffrey Blanksma. And then you realize that it's Megan Blanksma's husband. So this is what we're up against with the establishment. And what about Priscilla's list? Priscilla's are individual donors. I mean, you could look right now, you could look on there and you'd see my name on there giving money. You'd see everyday Idahoans. Again, the cool thing is, is you're just not going to see political action committees money there. Not, not donating to Priscilla. No, not at all. No, because she doesn't, she doesn't count out to them. Well, at the end of the day, it really tells a story, right? Somebody, if, if you just look, if you didn't know either of these two people's you know, voting record. If you just looked at their donations, you could see when you go through here, one represents special interest and the other one represents Idahoans. Yeah. And Idahoans are speaking loud with their pocketbooks. I mean, there's a lot of money that has been raised for Priscilla Giddings. Yeah. And she definitely does represent the people a lot more than Scott Bedke ever wanted to, I think. 
So uh, that's very interesting data that I think people should be aware of. Scott Bedke might have a little more money, 7.6% more. He's got half the donors, but hardly any of them are individual Idahoans unless they are politically connected to him in some way. And I crunched the numbers, by the way. It looks like the average donation to Priscilla at this point by people in the state is $365. That's a dollar a day for a year. And I'm thinking, is it worth that to get someone in office who's going to stand up for individual Idahoan rights? I, I, I certainly think so. Look, I tend to agree with you. Um, look, there's there's a lot of races that are important. And I think right now is the time that you have to pull out your pocketbooks, get behind candidates and wear out a couple pairs of shoes. I mean, you'll, you'll be able to look at the end of this month. I have given till it has hurt. So <laughs> I would encourage every conservative who truly cares about this and wants to stop these special interest groups. Now is our chance. This is the year. But you got to give till it hurts. Yeah, absolutely. Well, um, we're almost done. Before we get done, I need to give another shout out to Mike Hahn, a Triple Diamond sponsor, who is an associate broker with Home River Realty. He's been a licensed real estate broker since 2005, which means he's not a newbie. And on this crazy real estate market we've got right now, you want somebody who knows what he or she is doing. And Mike Hahn is your guy. It's H-O-N, Mike Hahn. You can reach him via email, michael.hahn, H-O-N, at pm.me. That's michael.hahn at pm.me or by phone, 208-939-9033. Again, Michael Hahn with Home River Realty, 208-939-9033. And we thank those gentlemen for being Triple Diamond sponsors and helping us stay afloat here at True Idaho News. All right, one more thing, and then we got to wrap up. I have this note that came across my desk that a, a concurrent resolution passed. It's called the Adverse Childhood Experiences Resolution, HCR 029. We'll link to this in the show notes. Here's what it says. This resolution encourages state officers, agencies, and employees to promote interventions and practices to identify and treat children and adult survivors of severe emotional trauma and other adverse childhood experiences using interventions proven to help and develop resiliency in these survivors. It's a nice, warm, fuzzy resolution. If, if you are an officer of the state or an employee and you notice that here is a child or an adult and it's been made apparent to you that the person had a severe emotional trauma, not defined, by the way, not defined here, you just decide it's a severe emotional trauma or other adverse childhood experience. Uh, Josh, maybe you got beat up too much as a kid, you know, and using the interventions proven to help so they may say, I, as an agent of the state, am saying that you, Josh, because you got beat up too much as a kid, you got to go sit through this trauma class that we're going to make you sit through. And I'm, I'm making it up, obviously. But that's the danger of this wide, broad brush resolution. Uh, I think it's dangerous. And I've shared this with several people who are in education, who say the same kind of stuff happens in education. They paint these broad brushes. And then these wonks come in and they put all sorts of technicalities involved as to what can and can't happen. And it gets to be a micromanagement real fast because it's just too broad brush at the start. Uh, you have any thoughts on this? I, you know, I'm just in agreement with you. It's, it's concerning. I mean, again, 
I got beat up as a kid in this hypothetical situation. And, you know, you're going to determine that I should be under supervision or have to be involved in a program. It's just complete lunacy. Yeah. The state should not have that kind of power. Now, even, even more interesting on this, and we can wrap with this talking about you know who's voting for what, but when you take a look at who voted for this bill, you've got Speaker Bedke and Fred Wood, who is the chair of the health and welfare and not a conservative. You've got Yamamoto, Youngblood, not a conservative. Uh, most of these people on here and all Democrats voted for this resolution. This resolution was adopted 42 to 25 with three absent. Everybody who voted no on it is a conservative constitutionalist type or wants to at least lean that way saying the state should not have this power. This is what our problem is in Idaho, is we get these imposter Republicans who say this is conservatism when it's not. They're encroaching the statism, putting the state more in charge of us. We need to wake up. We need to wake up. Any closing thoughts, Josh? Just pay attention. You know, the legislative session is going to come to an end sooner than later and there's going to be a lot of bad bills that are probably pushed through in the last second make sure you're paying attention also make sure you're paying attention to the people who are pushing what seems to be good legislation a lot of people will paint things in a way that it is not an instance of that would be greg cheney with his 20 dollars tax credit increase keep in mind folks this is two years out before you will see that 20 dollars in quote-unquote tax relief. Don't fall for it. Pay attention. Vote for the good people. Donate. Wear out shoes. That's yeah. all I have. Donate. And by the way, we, we are working with an organization. We, we uh, uh, helped design it, and this organization developed it, and it's really cool. People should know about this, and anybody who's hung on this far is going to be really glad they did because there's a website called idahosession.com idahosession.com and this program that, that was written scrapes the idaho legislative website for bills and it updates once a day at three o'clock in the morning so all the bills that have been updated that day when you come on the next day you're going to see what the status is of those bills and so you can go through and click on those bills and you can read what's going on you can see where it's at in the process if you go to the state's website, it's very confusing, very cumbersome to find where bills are at and what they say. So this particular website scrapes all that data, puts it in one place, it aggregates it all in one place, idahosession.com. And I'm very grateful to the team. I still need to find out how they want me to acknowledge them, but there are great people who put that together for us. And uh, it's a great, great resource for anybody in the state that wants to track what's happening in, in Ada County. Yeah, sounds great. They should absolutely check it out. Yeah. Lots of good information. Yeah. Well, thank you for joining me on the show again, Josh. It's awesome. I want to uh, tell people that this is copyright 2022 by Shadow Trail Media. We thank you so much for tuning in. Catch you next week. Until next time, be blessed. You've been listening to the True Idaho News Podcast. Unfiltered news and opinion for the citizens of Idaho. Get more true news by visiting trueidahonews.com. If you'd like to support this podcast, visit trueidahonews.com slash support. Thanks for listening.